0: This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So, Connor, uh, we have just gone through a, a huge week, the Democratic National Convention, but it yeah. doesn't seem as huge Democratic as Democratic National to Convention today. coverage, 2020. When I was a Oil kid, and Oaks. I, I, wall I a, to wall. Yeah, I, I would watch literally six, eight, ten hours a day, yeah. Democrat, Republican. It was yeah. all just great theater. And then over the decades, it shrank, and it was you know only in prime time, and then like a half hour per night. And now, I mean. I, they say the ratings were like two-thirds or, or half of the normal because right. I guess people couldn't get into the whole, oh, I want to see people with chomping cigars with uh, straw hats and, it, and throwing them in the air and, right. and massive 18,000 people in an arena. It's much less of a spectacle uh, of an event
1: to watch when it's all online and remote and just stitched together vignettes and cutaways to people. But right. I, I So I get it. Um, I think it was the Democrats proved that it can be done in a compelling way. It wasn't boring. It was actually, I thought, very well done. Um, well, you know, directed and put together. I, I for instance, I watched.
0: I'm sure the, it was Spielberg and De Niro and the rest of them. Uh, right,
1: all all those liberals, you know, lending a hand. Show folks, Hollywood liberals. Um, no, it was uh, it was really well done. Um, I especially enjoyed the roll call, which was, you know, the, the process where you get nominating speeches and seconding speeches uh, for Biden and for Sanders, because he had enough votes to actually get to the convention. So they had a couple of people give nominating speeches and seconding speeches, including AOC gave the seconding speech for, for uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. And then the media went crazy, uh, posting a bunch of irresponsible, dumb headlines by people who should know better, saying things like, Biden snubs, uh, Biden snubs. By AOC, that's damned right-wing media. You what? just can't. Trust no, it's them. like this is like CNN. This is like CNN. I know that's, but- that was the joke. <laughs> Posting this stuff, right, But the listeners don't know how dumb CNN can be, too. They, they post this up from people who are experienced political
0: reporters who should know better. This is the process. Yeah, you're 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 right. I don't want you to get too lathered up, though, because we're <laughs> going to get into the convention. Me o- get o- lathered up a little Yeah, you can shave uh, a little later in the show. But uh, just to let everybody know what we want to talk about, the first topic of interest is something that uh, Bill Maher is deeply concerned with. What the oh, heck? Got what the heck do we do if Donald Trump doesn't leave? Now, the right. polls suggest that Donald Trump is. Going going to sail to defeat. And uh, then what what happens if he says, it was rigged and uh, drags on for a long time? We are going to answer that question for y'all. We're also going to talk in the uh, second block of the show about transgender athletes, because there's quite a controversy over whether people who are born men who are very elite athletes and they decide they want to compete as a woman. And so they identify as a woman or have surgery or do something, testosterone reduction or whatever, should they be allowed to compete, Uh, there is a pretty huge controversy on that front. We are also going to talk about the convention and whether Joe Biden should be uh, moving to the middle. Uh, And also we're going to comment on the fact it's going to be all Trump all week during this Republican convention. If we get time, we're going to talk a little about campus free speech has wokeness on campus gone overboard before we get to uh, the topic of whether uh, Trump is going to leave and what to do if he doesn't uh, we have reinstituted Connor our moron of the week feature mm-hmm. and I want to uh, let people know at the end of the show we are going to reveal uh, a moron of the Week. it's going to be top to tough tough to top last week's moron because it was a judge who uh, referred to a woman in his family law court as uh, a that little honey, a dumb blonde who should have left the guy, and he referred to the man as someone who probably was sexually inadequate. So yeah, hard judge, to top. judge is in hot water, but we think we can top it because uh, this one, this moron this week, it has to do with, um, this guy's the leader of a country, um, he's just north of South Korea, I'll give you a hint, <laughs> and it has to do with dogs, and he is the moron of the week. So uh, let's get to the uh, topic that we want to kick off with, namely, what the heck do we do if Donald Trump doesn't leave? So uh, perhaps, uh, Connor, maybe this is a reason the left can embrace uh, the police. You know, we don't want to defund the police if we're going to need them to take care of the problem. And that's actually uh, my bottom line on this. Let me give you my take, and (laughs) and you can give me your take, because Bill Maher isn't here to give his take. I think this is a manufactured, hysterical red herring. Mm -hmm. Uh, The worst kind of red herring is is the manufactured, hysterical version. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. Trump loses. He's unhappy. He says it was rigged. Election fraud. Millions of mail-in ballots are fake. He's going to demand justice. So how does he do that? There's only one way he can do that, and that's through legal action. Without legal action, without a lawsuit, like we had Bush versus Gore back in 2000, uh, if he doesn't leave, there would be absolutely no basis for the new president who will be sworn in, the military, uh, everybody ignoring the orders of the new president. The new president will be sworn in on January 20, 2021, assuming it's not a Sunday. I think they kick it to a Monday if it's a Sunday. So uh, you know you politely robbing the president of a whole day. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So you politely knock on the White House door and ask him to leave. And if he doesn't, you remove him. Okay. If there's no lawsuit, you just remove him. Now, if there's rioting in the streets, if a bunch of uh, populist Trumpsters uh, commit violence, well, that gets back to the police. We don't want to defund the police. So now let's look at the other option. What if he files a lawsuit? It will promptly work its way up to the Supreme Court, just as it did with Bush versus Gore in 2000. Uh, you know, you you start at the trial court. You don't ring up the Chief Justice and ask her help. But very quickly, the court system swings into action on something as critical as this. There will be a winner and a loser at every level. Trial court, court of appeals, the loser goes to the Supreme Court. And just as with Bush versus Gore, the challenge quickly moved. There is a resolution in November, December, early January. And that, too, would be well in advance of the key day of January 20, or 21. right, So on Inauguration Day, we'll know who won the legal fight. If it's Trump, maybe there'll be another election. If it's not Trump, then the new president sends in the, the troops with the Polite knock. What am I missing here? Why I don't, I lose don't sleep, Bill Maher.
1: One, I don't think you are uh, missing anything. I think uh, that this is, uh, in a way, um, uh, something we don't have to worry about because there are so many people um, who are, uh, you know, career, uh, career, government types who are going to be loyal to the democratic process. Um, I mean, th- the peaceful transition of power is not a hallmark of human government history and in government most transitions of power in human history have not gone smoothly been right. peaceful the american experiment is a an wonderful outlier. exception yeah a wonderful lovely exception to that but we do have to be you know, remain ever vigilant uh, to the possibility that this could be the time that it doesn't work out because this is has one. You know, this has many of the hallmarks
0: of the kind of. Well, if it trend. doesn't work out, there's going to be some violence. Right. But it, at the end of the day, the violence will be crushed. Uh, right. By the non-defunded police. Right, but the, the problem
1: is that the uh, the the violence might be crushed in the wrong direction. In in this these scenarios, throughout human history, what we see is we see the the president. Uh, Fail to accept the judgment of the Supreme Court in this right. scenario, uh, because the Supreme Court doesn't have an army. The Supreme Court is not the commander in chief of the armed forces, and the Supreme Court does not have, uh, you know, his uh, all his people. Wouldn't that be a very efficient army with those black robes getting tripping over. The, that's true, they the robes. couldn't very well, you know, make a, a bayonet charge. Uh, but you're right. It, 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 I, I think that the the real fear is 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 twofold. Uh, there, there are two different scenarios. One, um, you get a Bush versus Gore scenario where. Where um, you have a a disputed election that comes down to a very few, small number of ballots, Mm -hmm. and it very quickly, so quickly, works its way up to the Supreme Court such that the recounts have not finished when the the Supreme Court makes its uh, decision. And the Supreme Court, in a five-to-four decision, like in Bush v. Gore, says, uh, stop counting. Bush is the winner. Don't do the recounts. Bush is the winner. Election handed to Trump because it's a conservative five to four majority on the Supreme Court. Given that Trump has installed several justices, that's one nightmare scenario for many.
0: Uh, pl- but you know the four liberals would vote for. Uh- you know, the the right thing, let's say, in this hypothetical situation. Right. And you don't think Chief Justice Roberts would vote with them, as he has many times, when he really thinks what's right is right and he's concerned about his legacy? Does he want to be seen as the guy that illegitimately kept Donald Trump in office if I mean, he didn't really think it was right? John Roberts was around
1: when Bush v. Gore happened, right? Yeah. And he voted with the conservatives to put Bush in office. You betcha he did. So I have no uh, doubt in my mind that so he you're, would you're do a panicky,
0: the— You're a panicky guy that like he would on do, the old Letterman show.
1: <laughs> he would do the wrong yeah. thing and okay. install I, I the conservative hear you. I hear you. in, let in me,
0: office. Let me slide this discussion over to the issue of hypocrisy because I think this is a classic example. Mm-hmm. Everybody complains about hypocrisy in politics, and um, and oh my gosh, you know if so and so did that, and if he were a liberal, then my gosh, he would be strung up, okay? And yeah, yeah, yeah. opposite way, you know, yeah, back and yeah, forth. Yeah. Well, this is a pretty good example because. Hillary Clinton just lambasted against Donald Trump when he suggested in, I don't know, September, October 19, 2016, when it looked very much like he was going to lose. Oh, I think this is looking like it's rigged, Dave. This just isn't fair. And my goodness, Hillary and her pals absolutely slammed him. The big hallmark of democracy is you accept the results of the election and how horrible for you. And then, of course, within a year later, it's totally flipped. Hillary and all the rest of the folks are saying this election was rigged. You expect me to accept. Accept this: Russia colluded. Russia and the Trump people colluded to change. Okay, so, which
1: they did, as we saw in this last right. two weeks. Actually, the Senate Republicans wrote mm-hmm. a report saying, "Oh yeah, psych! There was Russian collusion, yeah. and the election was rigged." Right. So there's Donald back, Trump there's won. forth. Sometimes right. there's bipartisan. But everyone accepts the so, result. Hillary Clinton included that she lost. She didn't try to
0: take over the, the U.S. government and step in on right, January right, twentieth. Right. But here's my th- uh, thrilling conclusion to this analysis. Yeah. I want to tee up maybe a controversial idea for you, bounce it off of you, see what you think. Maybe hypocrisy doesn't really matter. Maybe it's not such a bad thing. And let me tell you why. If you uh, speak to your Aunt Bertha, uh, and she's got this—I do, I hat. Love it. this hat on yeah. that looks like a Wolverine's turd <laughs> has just been dropped on it, and yep. frankly, smells like it too. Yeah, and she says, oh, oh, "Oh, Connor, it's so nice to see my favorite nephew." She's lying. Let's assume, wow. She's lying. Uh, let's assume it because we're we're talking hypocrisy. Yeah, and you say. Of course, Aunt Bertha, I'm not sure I've ever seen a finer-looking hat on a woman. Mm-hmm. And you are a fine-looking woman, by the way. I mean, you're really landed on yeah, thick because, thick, thick, you thick. know, she goes out and buys these candy for thick, all just her favorite like Aunt nephews. Uh, we don't care. It's a lie. Right. Now, what is hypocrisy? Right. Hypocrisy is just a lie, but we don't care about white lies. Do we really care that Joe Biden came out for you know pushing off, off the decision on a Supreme Court justice back in the 90s because it would help him, and now the Republicans favor pushing off a Supreme Court justice because it's good for them. Do we really care about that, or do we ultimately consider the greater good? And Bertha's feelings mean something, damn it. <laughs> right. and, and, and our public policy preferences mean something. So we're we're hypocritical, maybe we're lying in a sense, should we really care? Are, are we not tired of eat both sides saying, why, if X had done that, then Y would have yeah. been strung up?" I so hear you. Absolutely. Why do we care about truth or, or hypocrisy anymore?
1: It's kind of like saying we've got an adversarial system in the courts, uh, and you need an advocate for a guilty guy in the same way you need an advocate for the the prosecution or the, right. uh, the innocent guy in a civil case. So you need... Uh, people on both sides doing their darndest and making their best arguments. But doing their darndest and making their best arguments is still constrained by the rules of not being a hypocrite. And you can advocate for a position, but having to take principled stands and forcing people like Mitch McConnell to say, uh, you know, come up with his nonsense garbage uh, arguments for why they want, they can rob a Supreme Court seat from the, uh, the Democrats is a good thing. And the problem is when the people in power don't even feel like it's their duty to come up with bad, horrible I, I arguments hear I hear you but in order to justify why they flex their power
0: and do what is advantageous yeah, but always, to them and their It's supporters. always hard to support hypocrisy no matter what side you're on. I think the bottom line is that I think we're coming to the conclusion that you know it's like crimes. There's a, a felony where you blew up a boatload of nuns, and mm-hmm. then there's an infraction True. where you went two True. miles over the speed limit there are crimes and then there are crimes and yeah. I think maybe political hypocrisy falls in that in that realm.
1: No, I I disagree. I fundamentally I think there is something categorically different about political hypocrisy as uh, opposed to the, other kinds of the hypocrisy. wrong kind versus the zealous advocacy pushing for as as hard as you can, but playing within the rules and staying, coloring within the lines in terms of pr- promoting sort of logically consistent arguments. Yeah, I can and see that. They're not using ad hominem of attacks or whatever yeah. else. And, and, and just in the same way there are, uh, you know, is a spectrum of crimes, the spectrum of political hypocrisy crimes has you know, a whole spectrum, and we can decide this is the line or this is the region where they, they you dip into the, the, the realm of, of operating in bad
0: faith. Yeah, so I, I think there I hear, is a difference. I hear you. I have to tell you, Connor, that the reason I was inspired to talk about this was yeah. a really good story by Norm McDonald. Oh, yeah. Uh, because Norm has a great. Bit he does about Bill Cosby. He, he's oh, up at, yeah, he's, a recent but I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's recent for sure. It takes into account current events. I'll, I'll have you know. Good, good. So good. he's talking to a friend of his and is you know talking about the fall of Bill Cosby and how they used to you know of course love him and get his albums and they inspired him. And, and Norm says, "Yeah, my friend is saying, yeah. I mean, really the worst thing is is the hypocrisy. This, the worst thing is hypocrisy. I mean, he, for decades he was this paragon of morality, and it turns out all along. So to me, that's the worst thing is the hypocrisy." And Norm says, "Uh." No, you know, I don't think so. I think the worst part was the raping. <laughs> and, you know, you can't really argue. You no, can't you can't. really argue you with Norman. and, and you nailed it. Like yep. Norm, He's right. I feel the worst part is not the hypocrisy. The worst part is Is being... the wrong
1: public policy decisions. I there and that, you go. And if you got to rank the evils. One thing quick before we move off the whole idea of how we got here. Yes. Trump won't leave. I— I think that th- this conversation really has been propelled into the mainstream con- uh, mainstream discourse by a- an open letter that John Nagel and Paul Yingling wrote for a defense uh, website, a sort of you know military sort of newsletter type. Is his news name really Yingling? Uh, I've ying, never heard. Yes. No, the Nagel name. is N A G L, and Yingling is Y N Y I N G L I N G. How come England. I've never heard that name is, is, all the
0: years I've been on the planet? I don't know. Maybe he's a, is it a hyphenated, spy from Mars. Hyphenated? It's not. Chinese no. name? No, no, no. No, it's
1: Yingling, one word. Okay. Maybe he's a spy from I'll Mars. I'll take your word for it. I don't know what kind of name is. You're not being yet. a hypocrite here. I would hope not. So okay. they wrote an open letter to the, join, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, his name is Mark Milley, and they said, You have to. I believe to. it's General Mark Milley. It does. It's true. I, I said chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. How much more honor can I put on the Guy's name. Could Come have been on. an admiral now, couldn't he? You're right, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, so, Matter of fact, uh, he may be an admiral for all I know. Yeah, he's a four star general. So, okay, oh, um, this guy, they said, Mark Milley, is the guy who has to make the call to remove Trump from office. Okay. He's the guy who has to oh, give good. the order. And no this pressure. is, uh, they're probably wrong. You, uh, Royal Oaks, a legal expert, not ma- member of the military, are correct. It's Joe Biden, the, the, who is the commander of the armed forces, uh, who would be giving an order on January 20. Yeah, to well, somebody say, has to implement it, him out. Right. Well, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is just an advisor to the president. He doesn't actually give orders. Okay. Uh, and that's this misconception by these these career, you know, military oh, guys. Oh, interesting. But it kind of betrays a reality uh, that is, it is frightening. The military and members of the military will always defer to the military to be the problem solvers. And people say things like, "Well, if Trump won't leave, then the, the you know the Marines will just have to drag him out, or or whatever. Then send in SEAL Team Six uh, to 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 drag his orange butt out of the office. Whatever you want to say, people defer to the military right. as their default panic transition plan. When in reality. The system, our American experiment is based on this beautiful uh, uh, truth that we don't use the military in transferring power, is that we trust the next president uh, to be the one uh, to make, to send in, you know, the Secret Service and and to flex uh, his power as the leader of the highest ranking civilian, the highest ranking guy, period, uh, to make these sorts of decisions. And that's really what's frightening is is the idea of romanticizing and empowering military leaders but giving them dangerous power. That is this concept that I think Is seductive to everybody, left included. We have so much romantic mythology around the military. This idea, oh, they're going to be the arbiters of, of good and right. Okay. We have civilian control of the military specifically and for very good reason. And maybe that's why the American experiment succeeds because – and others uh, like us succeed around the world because they maintain civilian
0: control of government and the well, military sure, is sure. a tool and all. But arm. I'm sure glad that they were around after December 7, 1941. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So what, but they're not in charge. What you're saying is that you changed your mind. You're not going to be going to the recruitment center tomorrow after all. Uh No. Okay, that's uh, fair. fair enough. person no. can change their mind. Hey, we're going to talk about transgender athletes when we come back on Too Many Lawyers, but first, about that issue of rating and subscribing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta
1: please rate us and subscribe. Go on Apple Podcasts, go on Podcast Addict, go on Spotify, go on Stitcher, go on whatever platform it is you use to get our podcast and uh, leave us a little star review and leave us a little written review as some very nice people have done talking about how great we are. Um, and if you uh, have any negative thoughts uh, that can help us improve keep them to those <laughs> improve. Uh, just keep yeah thank you keep them to yourself so please uh, like us and subscribe and rate and if you uh, if you uh, if you really feel strongly uh, uh, leave a written comment so I can see and, and you know preen and puff and feel good about myself
0: we'll be right back This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm still Connor Oaks. So transgender athletes, uh, should they uh, be, for example, transgender women, should they be barred from competing in women's sports? Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue is in the news, Connor, because uh, just a couple of months ago uh, in March, uh, Idaho became the very first state to bar transgender girls and women from participating in women's sports. Right. Uh, it was, uh, let's see, a uh, Republican controlled legislature. The law went into effect in July. No Democrat support for the bill. It requires athletes to participate in sports based on their sex assigned at birth. It's like a doctor that stands over with a clipboard and says, okay, um, you're a woman, uh, you're a man. G- yeah, guess, that is literally how it. 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 The, yes. doctor
1: comes at, the doctor looks at the genitalia. But generally, and says, he's got
0: pretty darn good evidence for his conclusion. Well, I mean, he's got his visual evidence, he can look
1: at the genitalia and say that looks more like male than female.
0: So if there's a dispute up in Idaho, uh, you need a physical or a genetic or a hormonal exam by a doctor, doggone it, if you want to run that 100-yard dash. Uh, Federal court challenge is pending in Idaho. The argument is, doggone it, this violates the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. And just a week or two ago, a federal district judge issued a huge injunction, about 90 pages, temporarily halting the law, saying it is a categorical bar uh, for transgender girls and women, and it is illegal. Uh, There's another case, Connor. A Connecticut lawsuit is challenging the eligibility of transgender high school athletes. Uh, So... What's your, what's your take on this? Uh, is it fair for somebody who identifies as a woman now, no matter whether uh, formerly he, now she had surgery or lowered testosterone levels to just go out there and scoop up all the gold medals? So fairness is the,
1: is the right way to approach this to, to, because it's the way that everybody approaches it. It's the way that I approached it. When you st- first start thinking about these concepts, when they are first introduced to you as a topic of political discourse, we start by saying, what's fair? And unfortunately, our natural reaction about fairness as a concept is to say, how can we exclude people who create challenges for us in our notion of fairness instead of adjusting our notion of fairness and adjusting the rules by which we operate in our society and our sports to include everybody in the best way that is the most fair? Mm -hmm. And instead, we have the status quo as fair, and then we start attacking uh, anyone who challenges that status quo in order to uh, undermine their ability to qualify as fair. The way we think of sports is, uh, sport and fairness is so incredibly uh, fixed uh, based on the, the, what we, uh, the perceptions of fairness that we come in with. If we have a—like, let's take, uh, for example, wrestling— Wrestling's a great example where we look at a a 200 pound wrestler and we look at uh, that wrestler going up against me, about 170 pounds, and Well, we of say course, that, they have weight uh, classes in exa- wrestling. That's exactly right. right. A 200-pound versus 170-pound wrestler, every wrestler would say, oh, that's manifestly unfair. Or, okay. or say, a
0: 200-pound versus 120-pound. We, we know this is an unfair concept. But if we look Although at- Although, theoretically, if the 150-pounder thought he was good enough, oh, isn't absolutely. he entitled to go into the heavyweight oh, division? Well, he may well be, but or she may well be. But, if we, we we know that that is
1: an unfair fight because right. the rules of the game are set up so that we don't have that fight uh, to begin with if we Move right on over to uh, basketball, for example, and we say, well, when we've got a uh, somebody's got a seven-footer center, and they have a massive advantage over the other team's six-four big guy. Still a big guy, right? But he's, just, he's only six-four versus seven-foot. The seven-footers frequently going to be dunking on this guy constantly, right. and we all get a big round of applause, and we say that's a fair matchup. Those teams are are fairly competing against one another. That guy's just taller or bigger. There's no reason why a two-hundred-pound versus a 150- hundred 50 pounder versus is can be compared to a seven footer and a six six four guy and say one's fair and one's not we just have the rules of the game and we've decided that based on a long time of playing the game and the way the games work out and we wanted to sort of oh we know how uh, wrestling matches work and basketball matchups work it's a team game solo game but everything about this we can draw distinctions and say this is fair and this is not but fairness as a concept is gibberish if you look at If you don't examine why we consider the things uh, that are fair, fair. If you don't start it where fairness as a concept comes from. The International Olympic Committee, uh, before the 08 games in in 04, the 08 summer games, they said, oh, my gosh, we got these trans athletes issues. What are we going to do? We're going to institute some rules. And they came up with three big rules, which... God, I hate, but I don't know the best way forward because I'm not a super genius who solved all problems. But this was the IOC's rules before the 08 Olympics. They said if you're a trans athlete and you want to compete in uh, women's sports, um, you've got to get bottom surgery. They said described surgery in, in lots of ways, but basically means bottom surgery, gender uh, uh, reassignment surgery, uh, and that surgery has to include a gonadectomy as well as pretty harsh. Changes. It is so in order to compete in the Olympics. Uh, alongside uh, people of the, the gender that you identify as, uh, you've got to get a gonadectomy if you have gonads, and you've got to have external genitalia changes. Now, why exactly the IOC says, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you've got to change your penis into right. a vagina mm-hmm. a, as, though, as though a pole vaulter is going to utilize the penis that, at some point. That is a strict rule. Yeah. Why? That's the system. I don't know, but that's the system. Number two... You've got to have, and, and by the way, you've got to wait for two years after your gonadectomy. Um, then, number two, you've got to get legal recognition of that sex. I wait a little while for it to heal up anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. a Legal recognition of your assigned sex by authorities. Well, what if your country isn't super great on trans
0: athletes and trans issues,
1: and they're not so yeah, some into countries, legal... like Iran
0: and Russia, say they don't have any gay people.
1: Right. So how exactly are you going to get legal recognition, and why is that a factor of the IOC? Right. Secondly, you've got to, uh, thirdly, sorry, finally, you've got to do a sufficiently long hormone treatment. Now, a sufficiently long hormone treatment is a major commitment to I'm going to change the way my body Body, body is chemically made up. Now, this one I have you know, less objection to because I don't understand it. I, I don't understand the effects of hormones as well as somebody who's actually undergone it. I'm not a doctor. I can't speak to that. It doesn't have the arbitrariness of the other two that I've described here that have these serious problems. But basically, it's saying uh, that hormonal makeup uh, is an important component of the distinction we draw between men and female, a male and female. Um, I. Can't be the arbiter of what's true here because I don't have the information, but the trans athletes uh, on, on one side who want to compete and their advocates, people like the ACLU and many other people on the other side who are uh, anti-trans inclusion in, in, in women's sports, they will tell you uh, different factual things. And I, I of course, will, uh, will you know— uh, take both sides as a grain of, with a grain of salt, you know, in fear of being accused of both sides But the idea uh, that many uh, people will run with is if people are willing to undergo this process of hormone replacement therapy because they already wanted to do it or right. because they're willing to do it to compete in sports, they'll tell you that these people lose—trans uh, people, trans women, lose the advantage of uh, hormone—the uh, male hormones that they uh, uh, had— After about a year, and the IOC excludes them for two years. There are other people who will, you know, throw science uh, uh, in the air and say, no, 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 that's not the way to do it. But overall... I think it's the wrong way to approach this completely. Well, I think Here's
0: the, here's the reaction yeah. you're going to run into. There, okay, there are true. physiological advantages to guys mm-hmm. in sports. At puberty and beyond, they yes. have a larger skeletal structure, greater muscle mass and strength, less body fat, greater bone density, larger hearts, greater oxygen-carrying capacity. So men and women traditionally compete in different divisions for most sports. It's controversial. I mean, tennis great Martina Navratilova, not exactly a, a flaming right-winger, said it was insane. It's cheating to let, let transgender women pay, take part in women's sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a Connecticut lawsuit, uh, a plaintiff wrote, uh, all biological females know who's gonna win before we even start. It's sad that to see all our training just go to waste. So a lot of people feel that way. What about the idea that we strive to give transgender people equal rights in every respect in society, but to the extent they would actually hurt the female competitors who've worked all their lives for this in this one area, yeah. we don't give them this, equality. this is an
1: important. Uh, this is an important thing to think about. the 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 angle that uh, that this is coming from is this idea of protection. We've got to protect women, and that comes from inherent patriarchy and misogyny that says women are 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 in need of protection. The little uh, woman. For, yeah, exactly. We've got to step in and protect women. I think that we need to rethink fairness in sports because it's it's simply untrue that when a woman goes up against a man, she just inherently knows how it's going to go down no matter what. When a woman goes up uh, against anybody and they look at that person's performance, past performance, physical makeup, skills, training, everything else, they know whether it's going to go down that way. I could go up against the best female athletes in the world and all my advantage, air quote, that comes from having been exposed to testosterone my whole life, is not going to save me in any way because everybody is different. That's what makes sports amazing and interesting and cool and fun to watch. Is that we get to watch Usain Bolt, you know, go up against uh, the the other you know sprinters whose names I don't know because you know sprinting is not a popular enough sport. But th- like that's what makes sports. On the other hand, there are such general
0: tendencies. When I was a kid, I remember hearing that the number 500 man in tennis in the world could beat the number one woman. Now, I'm guessing that number is different now. I'm guessing it's closer to like 50 or 100, not 500. And there's a good reason why that number is shrinking. And and I think
1: that number shrinking is great evidence, actually, that... But it's still a gap. It's still a pretty big gap. It may well still be a gap right now in 2020, but the fact that it has been shrinking for 50 years is great evidence that our society... Praises and rewards men For their physical accomplishments Speed and strength And all the rest That we pump money Into men's sports and training That we admire them That we say You know These are heroes And quarterbacks And all the rest And that we don't do The same thing for women And, And result of that Is that women Don't end up Performing as well as men do in sports. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't physiological differences between men and women. I'm saying there are physiological differences between all people, and the idea that we would say we, we would look like. The, the, the what idea you're saying that we is would exclude... everyone is beautiful
0: in their own way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll sing it too. No, th- this is this is a product of we look at people in uh, in sport. Just imagine, just imagine the idea that you are a trans woman that you were assigned male... So this is a thought experiment. Thought experiment. You were assigned male at birth. You grew up your whole life being trans. You didn't suddenly decide to be trans. You just were trans, and you didn't know it. Just the way, same way you didn't decide to be gay. You were just gay, and you then discovered it came out at some point. These trans people have are, uh, live their lives at uh, a massively increased risk of uh, uh, insult, assault, assault exclusion, uh, suicide, murder, and depression. They live incredibly difficult lives and they persevere regardless. They choose, many of them, choose to compete in sport. They face harassment, insult, uh, mischaracterization, accusation of cheating their whole lives. Uh, And imagine to to reach the pinnacle of, of sport and then to be told you don't deserve it, you don't belong here uh you're a cheater uh and your accomplishments are meaningless you had this massive leg up and then for them to how do they feel when they look around and they see other female athletes who had higher testosterone levels their entire lives denser bone structure their whole lives uh taller faster stronger and when they get second place to that woman who had more testosterone and more strength in, a, in every measurable way and they say oh, I'm sorry that I had an advantage uh my whole life while being ridiculed, mocked, insulted, attacked, uh, pushed towards depression and suicide, massively increased uh, risk of murder. I had advantages. Excuse me. This is the ultimate like uh, – you know how conservatives hate being told to check their privilege. They ha- hate be- the idea of white privilege. You're looking at trans people and saying you have male privilege uh, as a, a trans person. Uh, well trans people don't have male privilege. Trans people are a horrifically oppressed and attacked so you're, minority. you're
0: making some very good points and I think what we need to do is in a future show we'll get Martina Navratilova on the show and yeah, yeah, she yeah. can go at it and you can yeah, say to her absolutely. Martina you ignorant slut. <laughs> Uh, that is a reference went, to SNL. It's yes, an old, it
1: old-time SNL yes, thing that was okay Very to say at one point.
0: Yeah, next time, next uh, huh. segment, a Roy Rogers reference. Yeah. So <laughs> when we come back, uh, should Biden hide his progressive agenda? Is he moving his walker briskly to the middle? Does
1: Biden have it?
0: All right, we'll, we'll be through. right back on <laughs> too many Lawyers. This is too many lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks, and I'm still Connor Oaks. So the Democratic convention just concluded, Connor, and I think uh, got pretty good reviews from from most people. Donald yeah, well Trump, done. Apparently, is going to uh, be really uh, focusing on himself. Apparently, <laughs> shocker. This upcoming his family upcoming week, even Tiffany. So uh, should Biden uh, move to the middle? That traditionally is what candidates do. But would he be stabbing Bernie Bros in the back? Uh, the thing is, there is this progressive list uh, of honeydews, a wish list. Um, For example, open borders, Uh, Obamacare for illegals, abolishing your private health insurance option, the Green New Deal at a cost of $93 trillion, defund the police. Voting rights for felons, uh, federal funding of abortion right up to birth and maybe after birth, you know, on on rare occasions. uh, Sex change operations paid for by taxpayers, free college for everybody, guaranteed annual income, abolish prisons, defund the police, voting age down to 16. So this is a dozen or so things that, that AOC and folks like her would like. Do you think Do, uh, Joe Biden would be smart to say "ixne" on that list? We're going to talk about me being a really good guy, committed to fairness, committed most of all to just ending the Trump exhaustion that everyone is fed up with. Which way should he go?
1: I mean, we can see from his, the beginning of his campaign that he has already effectively abandoned the the dream of any progressive change uh, that the Democratic National Committee. Decided that it was to their advantage to abandon the, the left wing of their own party and to sprint to the middle by choosing... One man's
0: dream is another's night terror.
1: Yeah, the, by, by sprinting to the middle with Biden and uh, Kamala Harris as, as Veep uh, and their confidence that... that She's a real right winger. Running generic, she is. Running generic anybody but Trump was an effective strategy. And it appears to be that they're right that that is an effective strategy uh, because they don't really want to make progressive change, and they don't—aren't really invested in doing so, most of them, Um, and that they are uh, mostly—many Democrats are are sort of straddling the line, trying to still reach over to the sometimes Trumpers uh, and the sometimes uh, uh, Republican voters to try to bring them into the tent. It's a big tent. And the question is, if you make the tent big enough to include Colin Powell, who lied to the American people to get us to invade Iraq— and is named his after a body part and not a very nice one. It's true. If, if you allow him into the tent and have him speak at your convention, is it even your frickin' tent anymore? Is your tent going to make any progressive change at all? No, it's not. Now, so the question is, is Biden going to sprint toward the middle? How could he sprint more toward the middle? Then he already has. If he sprints one more step to the middle- Fastest walker in the West. If he sprints one more step to the middle, he will be firmly in GOP, American GOP territory. There is no daylight there. He is
0: on the edge, razor's edge, away from being an actual registered Republican. On the other okay? hand, it was smart, I think, if, when Ronald Reagan in 1980 uh, reached out to get what ended up being called the Reagan Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They were important to his initial victory against Carter in 80 and then the reelection in 84. And we're still talking about the Reagan Democrats. I mean, for John Kasich— or is it Kasich, Mm. and Colin Powell to stand up as solid Republicans, but they're at the Democratic Convention. Isn't that kind of a smart move to, to make sure that they can crush Trump in November? I agree that it was a smart move. I
1: think it will work. But I think that you can achieve more of your progressive agenda, which five years from now, 10 years from now, will have Expanded the Democratic base by convincing people, oh, politics actually works, the politics of reductionism, denial, and shutdowns does not work, the Republicans are coming at this in bad faith, and the Democrats are coming at it in good faith, actually trying to make real changes and improve our country for Americans, that would expand your tent and your base more five years from now, ten years from now, than going with the reach across the aisle, try to sway some group of reagan democrats uh to come back to the democratic party and win a short-term victory whereas the dnc is always i think convinced that the next election is the only election that matters and we've got to nail it and i'll tell you what they blew the biggest chance in american history to get the worst president in American history arguably out of office in a slam dunk and the best opportunity to actually put a progressive into the office to shift the Overton window and make big moves, and instead they went with this boring milk toast, middle of the road crap to try to reach across the aisle to one percent of people who aren't listening anyway because they already have MAGA hats
0: and they're not surgically removing them because uh, they've surgically attached. Well, them. we're gonna know in a couple of months the result. Three months, uh, but we won't might, know for yeah, ten years yeah, whether that, it was that's really what I'm overall it, done. Ten years of moving toward the progressive agenda. Ten years. Well, it's really something to think about. By the way, I was just thinking uh, I had some movie recommendations. Yeah. Uh, Mad Max, and sure, Escape sure, from New York, sure. and Revolutionary Road. I don't really know why good. they popped into my those head really good, right yeah. now, super but those good. are all good right, movies. Good.
1: I, I, wow. How about we I, we watch V for Vendetta instead tonight? Just right. a, a movie about fascism. No big deal. I wonder it's why? Deal. Who cares? Just it's a no deal. deal. Yeah. Uh, we've solved so many problems. Uh, <laughs> solved of so
0: many. And, Great. We're job. just
1: so focused on solutions and yeah. what to do instead of just. Expressing our feelings about things with no actual solutions attached.
0: So uh, to conclude, moron of the week. Yes, it is Kim Jong Un. He is the moron of the week in the entire planet. He's ordered pet dogs to be confiscated in North Korea, saying pooches represent Western decadence, Uh, and he said that they represent a tainted trend by a bourgeois society. Ordinary people raise pigs and livestock on their porches, but high-ranking officials own wealthy. uh, There are wealthy people who own pet dogs. And so that the suspicion, Connor, uh, according to critics of this, is that he literally wants his starving people to have to eat dog meat, uh, and so that's why he's killing all of their pets. Now, that's not great. Uh, that's I think bad. this qualifies him as moron of the Yeah, week. that seems like it's going to be an unpopular I hope you don't have a, moron, a moronic week, folks. We'll see you back here next time on Too Many Lawyers. You see